It's time for JT the Brick. Hi. I don't like to go to Kansas City a lot. I'm not saying it's a great atmosphere. I've been there, done that. This week is all about the Chiefs, and we know it's the toughest game on the schedule, JT. Every year, if you've been listening to me for 20 minutes or over 20 years, you know I freak out about misdirection. Misdirection is the word I use during the Kansas City week because that's what Kansas City does because it works against this organization up until now. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. JT the Brick. You play the game like you're trying to win. Within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. Act like a fan, but come in sharp and smart and put together the game plan here over the next couple of days and give me your impression on how the Raiders win this game. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you from one of my favorite spots. We're at the Shriners Children's Open. We are live from TPC Summerlin, and we begin on Raider Nation Radio. Let me tell you, as we begin, I got out of the seat with the head coach, Josh McDaniels, at 10 after 11 in deep, deep Henderson off Raiders Way, and I'm sitting on the 18th green on the hill at about 11.58 I got here just in time for the show. Wow. And I want to open up by mentioning this. First off, thanks for having me here. I love this event. It's that cool. Hopefully, you're on your way here. You're going to be here. The you know, the PGA Tour is in Las Vegas, and look at the weather, and look what the rest of the world is going to see. On top of the fact that we're here for the Shriners and for the children and what we're about to do, very important to me. And I was able to get here because we don't have traffic in Vegas. And I want to open up the show with that. I lived in the Bay Area. I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years. I'm from New York. I just went from deep, deep Henderson all the way to deep Summerlin, And I made it because we don't have traffic. Of course we have traffic on the strip after a concert. Of course we might have some traffic heading into and out of a Raider game. But do you believe the ability to get on the 15 to the 215 and take the 215 in either direction and flow this beautifully compared to the rest of the country? It is truly amazing. No chance I make it here if I'm in any metropolis around the country. And we're Vegas. And we, get, we have more fun than anybody. You can take two of the top five major cities in America, and they don't have it half as fun as we have in Vegas. So it is absolutely gorgeous. I love this event. I spoke to the head coach, Josh McDaniels. We'll get to that later on in the show. And then we'll talk about the Raiders and the Chiefs. And we're going to, Chiefs, I'm going to mix in some guests here, some of the kids who are behind this that we want to help out. We want to raise some money and some of the things that are happening here. But, man, walking up the 18th hole, saw Ricky Fowler, uh, what he's doing here. The leaderboard is pretty amazing here. As we look at this, Jason Day shot five under, and I'm looking at the top of the leaderboard. Kim is at seven under. He shot a 64. And then we have a gentleman on 17 who is in the lead. So I'm going to get you a leaderboard update here. But this is pretty incredible, man. I mean, amazing. You want to talk about the great events in Vegas. You know, there's a lot of golf tournaments here. We should have the PGA Tour here more often. And we have the golf course here at TPC Summerlin. We have Southern Highlands. We have Shadow Creek for Phil versus Tiger. We have wind golf, where you just saw Brooks Kepka and you see Charles Barkley doing the analysis and all of that, man. Vegas is where everybody in sports should be in the month of October on, man. It's a summer day out here. I'm going to reward myself with a bucket of Modelo's at the end of the show. I think I'm going to stay here because I don't have to talk to the coach. And he was great today, by the way. Josh McDaniels, I congratulated him on his first ever victory as the head coach of the Silver and Black. And, uh, yes, so find me one of those 
Yeah, Erod, we can get me the 12-ounce Modelo or the Big Daddy, the 16-ounce, but we'll do it here at the end of the show. I'm going to walk around and see some golf. So, Raider fans, this morning I was on 610 in Kansas City on their big sports station there, and they brought me on to defend the Raiders. And, man, I brought my A-game. Wife said, you're up early today. I said, i got to go on the radio behind enemy lines. And they were kind of laughing, and they were respectful, but they're 3-1. and one, The Raiders are 1-3. and three. And I had to go in there like a Game of Thrones scene without the dragons, uh, without a sword there. I had to go and fight off Kansas City. And you know what I told them? I said that the Raiders finally, and a lot of that had to do with the previous regime that drafted Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro, uh, two regimes before that that brought in Derek Carr, now this current regime, led by Dave Ziegler, who traded for Devontae with a first and a second. Darren Waller, who just got the bag, $50 million for Waller, who was unbelievable on HBO Real Sports, walking through the tunnels and trying to get the homeless out of the tunnels and save their lives, which was absolutely incredible there. With all of that that was involved here, all of the incredible moments that have happened, finally I think the Raiders can get into a fight with Kansas City and Kansas City with their stars. Do we agree with that? There's no more Tyreek Hill. There's no more Honey Badger. Those are two pro bowlers. They're gone. They didn't replace a lot of them. You know, Juju, and they got some really good players there, but they don't have the players that the Raiders have pound for pound. They do have Mahomes and Kelsey. Mahomes and Kelsey, I went through this list. If you rank the greatest players in the league, and they do that. They do the NFL 100, right? And they rank the players. Kelsey, along with Mahomes, are ranked very high. But now we have Devontae, and we have Derek Carr, and we have Hunter as the best slot receiver. And I don't have an update for Hunter other than he's out at practice. Hopefully he'll clear protocol. I said hopefully. But the Raiders can get in a dogfight with these guys and go toe-to-toe. They can. They can embrace the shootout and go, oh, Mahomes just scored in 58 seconds. Carr gets the ball, goes to Waller, Renfro, and goes over the top and hits Devontae. And then the next thing you know here, we're talking about going back and forth. But I think the Raiders have an advantage coming into this game because Josh Jacobs is coming off 144 yards, and he ran hard and he ran physical. I asked Coach McDaniels about that, about Denver being ranked number one, and he did a nice job reminding me, well, they don't run a lot against them, so their stats are pretty high. And we talked about Andy Reid, Kelsey. He calls it eye candy plays. I call it misdirection where they run plays. I can guarantee you here, even if the Raiders play a great game, that Kansas City is going to either score or have a chunk play on a misdirection play because that's their entire playbook. It's trying to tricking the Raiders in their eyes into seeing something and then coming back with something quicker with Patrick Mahomes. The other concern for me is Mahomes outside the pocket because Mahomes outside the pocket is an absolute beast. An absolute beast. And if they don't get him down, that's a big-time problem. That is a huge problem if they don't get him down. And what, what I mean by that is Chandler Jones. Can kind of we take the gloves off on this topic now? Or are we all scared? Are we all, are we all ready to say that Chandler Jones is not playing to his level of excellence? I think we're ready to say that. So I would think that he knows it, the coaches know it, everybody knows it, and Chandler Jones is going to wake up and have a good game here. And what do I mean by a good game? How about a sack? How about two sacks? How about opening it up with something strong? How about making a play right out of the gate that's going to change everything? So I want to know all about this with you, the Raider Nation, today. I'm out live on remote. I'm at a golf tournament. 
How great would it be to get a couple of insane Raider fans to blow up this golf tournament and kind of blow the roof off as we open up the show at 702-365-9200 and open it up here and get rolling. So we have some sound from some previous press conferences we'll get to, and then we have a couple of our regulars who are going to join us. Also, the director of this golf tournament will join us a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Before we get to my conversation later with the head coach, yesterday Josh McDaniels met the media and he talked about the preparation in advance, which is always diligent going up against Kansas City. Well, we're uh, obviously well into Kansas City. Um, this will be a, uh, <clears throat> a big challenge. Uh, they uh, very well coached. Obviously, Coach Reed's been doing it for a long time. Um, got a really good staff. Uh, a lot of good players on uh, both sides of the ball, all three phases in the kicking game. Um, you know, and they really, uh, they've... Uh, obviously, he played a couple games where they've been able to get away from some people here early and uh, get off to a good start and really, you know, put some pressure on you to keep up. Uh, you know, so we're going to – it's going to take, um, you know, a really good effort from all three phases. Um, we need a good week of practice here. Uh, guys came in with a good attitude today, ready to get started, and, you know, got an extra day, which is a good thing uh, for this team. Uh, they, they do a lot of things, so it'll be good for us to have an extra opportunity to work. Yeah, that extra day Kansas City also has. But remember, Kansas City played on Sunday night football, and they bludgeoned one of the best defenses I've seen in the last couple of years. This Tampa Bay defense, their linebackers, the plus that they had, they were able to go up and down the field early in that game. They blew Tom Brady out of the game in the first half. How many times, raise your hand, beep your horn, have you seen Tom Brady out of a game at halftime? Because they were down in distance, they were just buried. And Brady played pretty well in that game. But it was all Kansas City. And all Kansas City, all Kansas City. I want to stop the show as the Raider Nation and the Raider organization, the family, mourns the passing of Clarence Davis. This is from the Raiders. The Raider family mourns the loss of Clarence Davis, who passed away earlier this week. Drafted by the Raiders in 1971 after an All-American career at USC, Davis saved his best performances for some of the biggest games in NFL history. 1974, the game against Miami, Davis hauled in a desperation pass from quarterback Ken Stabler, the sea of hands, giving the Raiders a victory in what is fondly remembered as one of the greatest games ever played. And in Super Bowl XI, Davis paced the silver and black to victory. And Fred Bolitnikoff's great game, the MVP, what he did in that game, 137 rushing yards on just 16 carries. Clarence Davis, rest in peace, one of the greatest Raiders of all time. Deeply compassionate Mark Davis. Mark has a tremendous relationship, not only with the late Clarence Davis, but the family. Clarence Davis, rest in peace. Once a Raider, always a Raider. I hope to hear from some Raider fans today on this show for that breaking news and the news that are out there. I was in the building today as they were putting together the press release, and there's a lot of people with a heavy heart throughout the Raider Nation. Let's get back to Josh McDaniels and some of the bites that he said yesterday that are really important in today's monologue. You just heard about the preparation. Now the opportunity here on being able to get players going. This concussion protocol is a big-time story here. There's been a couple of Raiders already in the protocol, including Denzel Perryman. We did that a couple times the other day. You know, we just, you know, give him a a rest on our own. But, um, you know, again, I think, 
there's a lot of people that play all of the snaps in the game, you know, the left tackle, the right tackle. You know what I mean? There's a lot of a lot of people that play a lot of snaps. Derek obviously plays every one of them. Devontae generally plays all of them. So, um, you know, you just be smart about it. Each position coach is down there on the field with us so we can see when they need a, a break. Kennedy uh, threw Zamir and Brandon in a few times the other day when he could tell that even if he didn't want to come out, it was probably time for him to do that. But, um you know, just being smart about when we think it's time for them to do it because some guys will push themselves past the point of when it's smart and then, you know, maybe they're a little tired and miss something on the next play. So just just try to, you know, do it one play at a time. One more that I want to give myself credit for because I don't get a lot of credit. If you look at my Twitter trolls in my DMs, they don't give me credit. I've been, have I not been the guy saying up-tempo? Have I not been the guy saying no huddle and up-tempo for years? I said it to Coach Gruden. I said it to Coach Olson. I said it to Coach Passaccia. And, and I talked about it with Josh McDaniels last week in our sit-down interview. He was asked at the press conference about the up-tempo, maybe kick-starting the offense. Yeah, I think the guys like that, you know. And, um, you know, the biggest thing I've, we've stressed since, you know, since we started doing some of that in the spring was the execution, you know. Tempo in and of itself does nothing, you know. It's really the execution that you – uh, perform at you know when you're when you're going quickly and so I thought that was the biggest thing that we took away from that is I don't know if it was 16 or 18 plays whatever it was during the course of the game that we um, that we used it between that and the two minute drive before the half um, you know that that we were really able to communicate and everybody do their job right you know and if you do that then whether you huddle don't huddle you know you have a chance to have success but I thought that you know I thought our conditioning was okay you know I thought our guys you know it's the fourth game of the year I thought we kind of worked ourselves into a point where you know you have a chance to go out there and do some things maybe at a quicker tempo and I thought they responded to it well all right I think that's really important Uh, doesn't everybody think that's a really important moment here to play a little bit different and play faster Josh McDaniels has one of the greatest playbooks in NFL history I mean, you could take that playbook. I was at the Hall of Fame in the archives, and they have letters of Bill Belichick, 9-11 letters from Paul Tagubu from President Bush at the time, and then they have a room of just George Allen's notes. It's, it's incredible to see the Josh McDaniels playbook for six Super Bowls with Tom Brady someday will be in the NFL archives as the greatest plays ever called. The GOAT, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, all these guys who were able to play at the high level, and sometimes they had to play up-tempo. I believe Derek Carr is a better quarterback when he's playing faster. Say it with me. I believe Carr is a better player when his hair's on fire and when he's playing faster. When I think he's kill, kill, kill at the line of scrimmage changing the play, changing it from a pass to a run or a check down, he can do that very well. We've seen him do that. But I want to see Derek going to Kansas City with the full arsenal. Ladies and gentlemen, my point of emphasis today, I try to give you one for every show, other than what we're going to talk to the kids here at the Shriners, is tell me how the Raiders can win this game passing with, against Mahomes. What has to happen in your mind? Close your eyes unless you're driving. What do the Raiders need to do if you're an offensive football fan? Do you want to spread them out four wide? Do you want to run up-tempo? Do you want to go play-action? But I need to know what happens if this thing turns into a shootout at the end of the first quarter. I can tell you a couple things. Raiders have Darren Waller, Devontae, Hoping Hunter, Hollins who can get deep and get open. They have Derek Carr at the line of scrimmage. They have Josh Jacobs, an offensive line that's playing better, and one of the greatest playbooks of all time. 
if you don't feel confident in getting into a fist fight with Kansas City with that, you'll never be confident again. I'm not talking the defense. I am not confident with this defense. I am not confident with the safeties against Mahomes. I am not confident in Chandler Jones yet. I'd like him to do well, but I'm confident in Mad Max Crosby. I'm hoping Perryman, if he gets out of protocol, can play in this game and do something special. So I'm confident in this offense going big. And if they're not going big in this game, what in God's name are they waiting for? I mean, isn't this when you fuel up and top gun all the Jets and you get them all on the runway to take off? You got Monday night, you got the playbook, you got the coach, the quarterback, and the assets to go play aggressive. Go play aggressive. Go set the tone in Kansas City and get it going. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. So let me tell you a little bit more about the Shriners. It provides an opportunity to raise charitable donations and amplify the work of the Shriners Children's Healthcare System, which has improved the lives of more than 1.5 million children over the last 100 years. That's right, 100 years. 144 professional golfers are playing in the open here. So it's on PGA television. You can see it on the Golf Channel here and take a look at it. And it's fantastic. And what the Shriners do, they've treated hundreds of kids in Las Vegas over the last 100 years. Many of them go to the Pasadena, California, or the Salt Lake City location, depending on their condition. To learn more about this year's Open or to come on out here, go to ShrinersHospitalOpen.com. That's ShrinersHospitalOpen.com. He calls in. If you don't, I'm going to put him on the radio if, he, if he's okay, if he's under control. Passionate Raider. Live with the, with the Carmel Mountains at the Shriners Open right off the hills of the Red Rock Mountains. How are you? What's up, JT, man? You know, another day down, one day closer to our biggest game we've been waiting for, man. This, Kansas City is one of the team. Kansas City and Denver are the two games that I look forward to most of the year because they're the two divisional opponents I hate the most. And I've grown to hate. I can respect Mahomes' game for the way he attacks it, but I do not like Patrick Mahomes because he's on the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't. I cannot count up the fact to like this guy, no matter how good he is, because he does nothing but torch us. So we got to have Mad Max and Chandler Jones torch him. And, you know, after I got off Fish called in yesterday, and he made a very great point off of what I said about figuring something out with, with 24 and Abrams. And, and what he said, I hope they were listening because – some, we have to keep a shadow on Kelsey. We have to. That was a great call, Fish. I hope Coach heard you. We've got three more days. And we're in Kansas City ready to handle business in their house, JT. If they're not fired up, these Raiders aren't fired up. I don't know what more we can do to get these boys fired up for a game like this. We're going to go into the bye week. Two and three, I'm calling it right now, JT. I'm going to say... 28, 28 Vegas. Right. Hey, let me stop you. Hold on, hold on, Passionate. Passionate, here's the deal. You live in Illinois where my wife's from, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so if they score 48 points in this game, I will fly you from Illinois all the way out to Las Vegas I will fly you out and pay for your I airfare. I want to be the last Chargers game of the year if it is. I want the <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not giving you a ticket. I don't have tickets just yet. I'm not sitting no, here throwing away tickets. I'll get the ticket. You I got get you. Me out there. I'm All the right. ticket. All right. So we'll, we'll get if you if the Raiders score 48 and win. Thanks, passionate Raider. 
I will, uh, I will make sure I take care of you with all of that. Wow. 48, what do you say? 48-25, 48-28? That sounds like a lot. Chris in West Oakland, you're live from the Shriners. What's happening, Chris? How are you? Hey, JG. Hey, before I talk about the game, man, I just sad to hear about Clarence Davis. You're right. Yes. Also, not a Hall of Fame player, but an all-time great Raider. And like I said, I was eight years old, Section 130, Row 7, with my dad to see the hands game right in Nearly seven rows in front, and again, he just—he's he, a great Oakland Raider. Not quite a Hall of Fame player, but definitely a Raider Hall of Famer. And you know, condole, prayers and condolences to his family. Rest in peace, Clarence Davis. And the passionate Raider—he might have one thing right, JT. In order to beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, they might have to score forty-eight points or close to it. And you know, look—I I made a little uh, talked about this on 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 Monday uh, Monday morning. We've been here before with the Chiefs. I don't want to hear over and over, we need to run Jacobs and keep Mahomes off the field. You don't beat the Kansas City Chiefs that way with that mentality. You have to have the attitude that it's going to take a minimum of 35 points to beat the Chiefs. When the Raiders beat them in Arrowhead two years ago, they hung 40 on them. In order to hang 40, we got an interception by Jeff Heath and returned it to the two-yard line. The defense is going to have to do that again. I'm not saying abandon the run completely, but you're not going to win this game 23-20 to or 20-17. to This is why we have Darren Waller. This is why we went out and got Devontae Adams. You've got to have the attitude that, we're just going to flat out have to outscore Kansas City because defensively, if I heard correct, Jonathan Abram covering Travis Kelsey, Jonathan Abram's the main reason Travis Kelsey's had monster games against the Raiders. I don't believe Jonathan Abram can play in this football game, JT. He's shown over and over again he has zero ability to cover tight ends, especially elite ones like Travis Kelsey. You want to shadow him on Mahomes, that's one thing. But I don't. We've talked about this over and over when they play the Chiefs. I don't think you can play Patrick um, Jonathan Abram in this game. And in order for the Raiders to win, their defense is going to have to come up with not one but two plays, if not defensive touchdowns. Then setting this up on a very short field. Can they win in Kansas City? They have to play perfect to do it. Can I predict it? Damn it, JT, I just can't do it. I want nothing more than to be able to call Tuesday and say I was dead wrong. I just don't see this defense holding Patrick Mahomes down enough and doing enough for them to win this football game. I hope I'm wrong because... I hope I'm wrong because if they win JT, they're right back in the thick of it. But they've proven time and time again that JC's just got their number, and I haven't seen enough change, especially on defense. Thank you, my friend. Wow, that's the first time Chris has ever called predicting a non-Raider win. I've never heard that. I will never forget that. He's always in overboard. The Raiders are going to win. All right, Chris. All right, I'll remember that. And Chris is one of the sharpest callers I've ever taken in my career. That wraps up the monologue. Again, we're here at the Shriners. We want to hear from you. You line them up, I'll take them. My conversation with the coach. 702-365-9200. We want to thank our great friends at Resorts World, Scott Sabella and his team, for helping us partner with the Shriners to have us out here, right here on top of the hill, where we're having a great time overlooking the 18th green. Come on out here the next couple of days. we got great prizes. ESPN. We'll be out here tomorrow. I think Tyler Bischoff and Ed Graney will be here. We have a beautiful location, and I'm excited to be here. I love the Shriners and what they do for the kids. We'll have a couple of the kids coming up and your phone call, 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio.
Crowd into it. Wilson lifts the right leg. Gets the ball. They bring the blitz off the edge. And they got to him. Nate Hobbs coming around the left side. Circled Wilson to the turf back at the 34. And the silver and black going to get off the field. JT, thanks for coming in on a Thursday. As we are from the Shriners Children's Open, the huge PGA Tour golf tournament here at TPC Summerlin. What an honor it is to be back here. What a tremendous cause. Love the Shriners. I've been out here since they've been coming out here, and it blows me away every time I come here. TPC Summerlin puts on one hell of a show, and you should come out. And especially with this weather, we have the best weather in the world right now. I'm talking in the world, like Maui, and then maybe Ibiza, maybe somewhere in Indonesia, but we have it right here. It's incredible. And we're here for some great golf, some really good golfers are up here on the leaderboard. We'll get into all of that coming up here. Raider Nation Radio, Lotus Broadcasting. We want to thank everybody behind the scenes at the Shriners. Also, Eric Rodriguez, who puts this deal together for us from Lotus's broadcasting sales team. And just an army of volunteers out here. Man, my wife went to the kickoff luncheon on Tuesday with a bunch of girlfriends. Kim Wagner emceed it. She's our morning host here in town on NBC, and we just love everything about it. So thank you for having me back here again. Interesting interviews coming up with young children involved with this, and I'm going to tell you more and more about it today behind the scenes and why this is such an important event in town. You know, Vegas has a lot of big events because people like to come out here for conventions. They like to come out here for fun, but they want to come out here for business and sports. And the charitable arm of the Shriners, along with the PGA Tour and everything that's happening here in the chamber in Vegas to pull this off is truly incredible. I live in Summerlin, so not too far from my house, but far from Henderson, where I interviewed the coach a little bit earlier today that we'll get to. And I want to get into Kansas City again. We still got some work to do on this final show. So if I get an opportunity to get you in here tomorrow, I'm with Simon Keith. He's the first ever professional athlete to have a heart transplant, and he's had two of them. And you'll hear our conversation. He was with me at the Virgin Hotels podcast that I do, and we have like a really deep conversation every year about life and fighting off death and what Simon does in this community here. Please, please, please learn more about the Shriners and what they do here for kids. And tomorrow... When you hear the show, just think about Simon Keith, who's one of the most important people in this town. Really is, and I'm proud to call him a friend here. So the Raiders are taking on Kansas City. We know how that's a daunting task to go into Arrowhead and win. But the Raiders have been doing it since the 60s. And the Raiders have gone in there with three world championships, five Super Bowl appearances, and had big games in Kansas City, big games in Oakland, L.A., now in Vegas. But they got to get on the winning side of this rivalry again. This is the Patrick Mahomes era with Andy Reid, and it's been impressive with Travis Kelsey. We spent most of the week talking about the fact that Tyreek Hill isn't here anymore, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, but they seem to reload. They seem to reload, and they seem to do a good job every year matching up against the Raiders. Misdirection, misdirection, misdirection. We'll get into that with the head coach and how the Raiders turn this rivalry around short-term. Long-term, it's a master plan. Other coaches have had it before. Other coaches have been successful from Tom Flores and John Madden and going back to John Gruden and Bill Callahan and Jack Del Rio, whoever it's been over the years. But now it's Josh McDaniel's turn to jump on into this rivalry. And he was very successful in the Patriot rivalry versus Kansas City, obviously, because Coach McDaniels was part of a dynasty in New England. Now he's the head coach of the Silver and Black, and he has an opportunity to 
Coach's first game against Kansas City on the road, and it's Monday night. And that's a hell of an opportunity, a great opportunity for the coach, the GM, and every player on this team coming off the win against Denver, which was really impressive this last Sunday. After that, the Raiders go on the bye week. We all get a little bit of a break. Not much on the radio here, but you fans can kind of decompress, and then it's go time. Now, I'm hoping the Raiders win on Monday night, but coming off the bye week, every game, the first five out of the next six games are games the Raiders could win, and I think they have to win. I, have to, I think they have to win those games, and if they're ever going to go on a run, it could start on Monday night in Kansas City and really change the focus of this entire season. Are you with me? From TPC Shriners right here in Summerlin. Earlier today, I sat down with the head coach of the Silver and Black over in Henderson, my conversation with Josh McDaniels. We welcome in head coach Josh McDaniels. And coach, first, congratulations on your first win as the head coach. Take me back into the locker room, the celebration, and the game ball. Yeah, uh, that was, uh, I think it was a great moment for our team. Um, you know, and I appreciate Derek, you know, handing me the ball. But, um, you know, we've put a lot of work uh, into this. And uh, if I've learned anything over many years, it's that the players win games. And uh, our guys definitely came through at the end. And, uh, played a full 60-minute game, which we've been talking about doing. You know, we'd struggled to maybe put together 60 minutes in the first three weeks, but I thought they really competed hard, um, you know, played the right way at the end of the game uh, to earn the victory, and then uh, we were able to celebrate it together afterward. Parham and Mumford, two rookie offensive linemen. Looking back at the tape, how well did they do? Yeah, uh, Dylan's really done a good job, you know, playing multiple positions the entire time he's been here. I mean, he's played from left guard to right guard and center. Uh, you know, and, and mentally, that's taxing on a young player, but he's really done a great job of studying and being prepared. Played physical, hard, uh, did his job well in the game. Munford, again, we're, we're kind of trying to, you know, continue to rotate those two guys a little bit there just to, you know, I think, one, they both earned it with the way that they've practiced, and two, it takes a little pressure off, you know, the young guy when he's not in there. He can kind of, you know, kind of gauge what's happening on the field. But I thought both of them, you know, really represented themselves well. Both of them are on the field in the big drive at the yeah. end of the game. So, um, you know, I thought that was important for us. Zamir White and Divine Diablo, let's stay with the young players and their progression and what you're seeing from them. Yeah, Zamir practices, you know, really hard every week. Um, he's behind a, a good player, yeah. and he knows that. And so, um, but he was ready to go right when his number was called towards the end of the game. You know, we big had some play. little big play in the game, and uh, didn't we didn't hesitate to call that with him. You know, he hadn't had a lot of carries at that point, but um, his time is coming. You know what I mean? And, and J.J. Has, has been such a, a bell cow and a workhorse. He doesn't really want to come off the field, and I'm fine with that. You know, when you got a good player at that position and he's kind of rolling, it seems like Josh really kind of picks up steam as the game goes on. Um, but uh, as we know, running backs, they take a little bit of a, a pounding over the course of the season. Uh, Zamir's time will come, and he'll be ready when it is. And Diablo, uh, you know, he just – been a lot of reps. Yeah, he never comes off the field, yeah. you know, in practice either. So um, he's becoming a really, really good communicator, um, wearing the green dot on the helmet, making the calls, um, has to communicate to everybody in front of him, behind him, along with the linebacking core. Um, really becoming a versatile player, physical in the running game, can cover, uh, doing a lot of things for us to help us win. We sat here last week and you talked about Josh getting to Nashville on his own and he was ill and how hard he played for this team. And then he yeah. comes back and puts up numbers like that. And I want to talk about how he ran inside yeah. and what were those hits like when he took those blows and mm -hmm. he was able to extend the play. Yeah, he uh, again, he loves football. And so it doesn't surprise me that he's been able to do what he's been able to do the last few weeks here. Um, 
You know, he's a tough inside runner. He's got really good vision. You know, a lot of times when you run inside, guys can take some big pops. Um, Josh rarely does that, yeah. you know, because he can avoid it at the last second. Uh, and then he's, he's usually the one delivering the blow at the end of the play. So runs with a great run style. Uh, pads are forward, uh, ball secure, you know, and he's, he's always gaining an extra yard or two at the end of the play. One more about the victory. Derek ran with a purpose. I thought that was fantastic. Yep. Seven carries in that game, but big ones. And yeah. especially, take me through the end of the ha- first half, how yeah. he set up the field goal on that yeah. big run for him. Yeah, he had five first downs rushing, yeah. you know, which is rare. Uh, I don't know that I've ever been a part of a game like that. Uh, maybe Cam Newton, but I mean, that, that's, it's a rarity. And, um, you know, he was just, he was, I think he had a great mindset in the game, you know, and he kind of had the mindset, like, I'm not going to let this go the other way today, you know? And so, uh, look, when they're double teaming a couple of our receivers or tight ends, which is what people seem to be doing now, um, you know, then he becomes the sixth skill player. And there's nobody that has him in coverage, if you will. So once the rush goes by him, he saw the, the, the lanes there and made some really good decisions. Then I thought the big play at the end of the second quarter to extend it, not just to slide, broke a tackle, you know, made another 12 or 13 yards there, put us in really good field position uh, for Daniel. So he was just, he had a great mindset about him. Um, I don't want him to take a bunch of hits, which he didn't, uh, but he made a lot of yards with his legs. All right, let's move on to Kansas City, the number one rushing defense. Yeah. What have you seen with that? We normally don't say that about the Chiefs. No, uh, there's not many teams that have had the ability to run the ball. I think they've only played 40-some runs in four games, which... Yeah. If you only play 10 or 12 runs a game, then you're probably going to, you know, mm-hmm. rank pretty highly in rushing defense. Um, and so that, that goes back to we have to play a complementary game. Uh, we have to somehow, some way get control of the game, which means we have to play well early. Uh, they've had a couple games where they've been up 20 points in the second quarter. And, you know, then it, the game becomes really a passing game, you know, for the offense. So. Um, we, we can't allow that to happen. Uh, we got to be ready to go right from the opening kickoff, and we have to jump in. We're not dipping our toe in the water. Uh, try to gain some control of the game, some control of the line of scrimmage, uh, and then force them to play both our run game and our pass game as we go throughout the course of the game. As I looked at your press conference from earlier this week, you talked about the eye candy plays. And I yeah. talked misdirection. I've sat in this seat a long time, and you come in, you prep for this team, and they run a play one way, and then it comes back the other way, and either no one's home yep. or that person has to make a great play. Yeah. What have you seen with Kansas City this year without Tyreek Hill and how they're doing that? Just spicing it up differently. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a lot of different players that, um, you know, th- there may not be the one guy like Tyreek was, but – I think they all can make plays. They still have really good speed uh, in their skill positions. Kelsey is obviously a focal point of everything that they do in the passing game. And their backs are doing a very good job of making yards with the ball in their hands. So uh, they, I, you know, they, they run with the ball after the catch. Tackling them is an issue. Um, and Andy does such a special job of trying to get you to see one thing and then here comes something else. So this will be one of the ultimate do-your-job games for our defense. Stay disciplined. Take care of your assignment. You can't worry about what's going on on the other side of the field anyway. So make sure that we stay at home and we're detailed with our assignments. And then, you know, when they get the ball, we got to put them on the ground. So I've been dying to ask you about Kelsey because you had Gronk for all those years. So you have guys trying to deep game plan him, hit him at the line of scrimmage, a free release, a safety over the top with Kelsey. What a career. Yeah. And similar to Gronk, what you had in New England. Yeah, he's, he's really a, a unique player in our right. league. Um, 
he can make plays down the field, um, and he can do that stuff where he stretches the defense and, and creates touchdowns and those types of things. But he's also got great short space quickness. And so whether it's a drive starter play to get him going on a first down or it's a third and three or third and four where he has a matchup where he's going to use his quickness to create some separation or in the red zone. You know, he scored a touchdown last week where he, where he did a great job of uh, – he had a linebacker one-on-one coverage and he got him. So – um, he's kind of a combo, big tight end and slot receiver, if you will. Sure. And so there's a lot of people that are going to have to have some eyeballs on him on Monday night. I want to wrap this up with your tradition of Monday night football. We talked about your youth in Canton, Ohio, mm-hmm. your dad playing college football with mm-hmm. Dave. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, Coach, when you were a kid looking up and seeing the Raiders yeah. when they were always on Monday night yeah. and dominating Monday night football. This yeah. is a big tradition in this building. Yeah, no question. Um, this is our first opportunity here yeah. to experience this. But I know it's important to this organization. I know it's important to Mr. Davis. Um, I remember I have fond memories of seeing the Raiders play on Monday night when I was growing up. I'm very little, trying to stay up past my bedtime to see it happen. Yeah. But um, no, this is a this is a rivalry game. Uh, it's a division game. It's a road game in the division. Uh, we know where we are. We know what we need to try to do and accomplish this week. It's a very difficult opponent. Uh, our guys are hard at work preparing for them, and uh, we're excited for the opportunity and the challenge. Last one, Andy Reid, the respect you had. You talked about Coach Kingsbury. You talked about what we saw with Mike Vrabel in the past. Yeah. What do you think of this coach and your relationship? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, know what I, own, I know Andy, uh, you know, decent, um, but I have a great affinity for him from afar. I've always studied what he's done. Um, I've always admired him as a, as a person. He always has handled his team with class. Um, he's very you know, gracious at the podium, win or lose, doesn't make any difference. He does it the right way. His team plays the way he wants them to play. They play with great physicality and effort. Uh, they're always well prepared. And he does so many things uh, that you want to copy. You know, and, and you'd love to have the, the opportunity to say, hey, why did you do it this way? And, you know, but you spend most of your time trying to figure it out. But he's uh, very creative, very uh, innovative uh, with the things that he does. Um, you know, as a guy who's been doing it for 24, 25 years now as a head coach, um, he's still pressing the envelope in terms of what they do. And just so impressed with him. Um, excited for the challenge. Looking forward to it. Good luck, Monday night, Coach. Thank you very much. So you can see Coach really enjoyed that celebration, the game ball the opportunity, but he is laser focused this week on making sure that the Raiders do everything right in practice. And last week was a big week in practice. They had a great practice. They told you about it. The captains had a captains only meeting and everybody reacted to it. Well, Devonte Adams talked about it yesterday, Derek Carr, and they've been down this road before they know how important it is. And I feel like there's some good momentum around the team. Now, if there was great momentum around the team and they were playing, say, Houston and Jacksonville back-to-back, where you throw in the Jets or a struggling team, that's one thing. But with Kansas City and a bye week, the focus is on this game. And, again, I think the coach has been great with me, very focused, uh, kind with his time, giving us more time than we ever had in that seat to talk to him about everything surrounding the team. So thanks again to Josh McDaniels. More of our conversation coming up with some of the guests that we have here at the Shriners. And as I said, if you're coming out here this weekend, uh, parking's unique. I had a parking pass today. Uh, When you come out here, find a place to park. There's shuttle service. And then when you get on this green grass and you walk these trails and you see this beautiful community, you'll understand why everybody loves TPC Summerlin. Man, it's a good place to be. Playing this course just a few times since I've been out here. I always love an invite to come out here. And I always love an invite by the people behind the scenes at TPC 
and what they do here at the Shriners Open. So we got a busy show. A couple of interviews that are going to be coming up. The director of this golf tournament. A couple of charity endeavors. But I want to get you on the radio. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. As we continue. Lotus Broadcasting and Raider Nation Radio. Live from TPC Summerlin. The Shriners Children's Open. I'm honored to be here on a beautiful Thursday Right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black, Raider Nation Radio. They fake the trap. Now Mahomes scrambling to his right. Holding it, holding it, gets off the hit, now lunging forward, and now fires it late, caught at the back of the end zone! Clyde Edwards-Hilaire! Mahomes with the touchdown pass! His second touchdown pass of this game, the 161st of his career. That is the most touchdown passes by any NFL quarterback in history in their first 67 games. Well, it's Chiefs Radio. We've heard that before. JT back at the Shriners as we continue. Lee Sterling, kind enough to join us from ParamountSports.com. He gives you three picks for free every week. And, Lee, let's jump in because TCU Kansas, you know my son goes to Oklahoma. They went from 5 to 18 to out of it, and these two teams are in play. This is a monster game as ESPN game day will be in Lawrence. Yeah, it looks like he went to the wrong Big 12 schools, <laughs> both of these two teams, and Coaches are playing at a high level. I just think the TCU has too much here. I mean, most people thought this line would be three, three and a half. The reason it's so high, TCU is explosive, averaging over 48 points the last three games. And you saw what they did against Oklahoma, almost 500 yards in the first half here. So um, they're averaging over eight yards per snap. That's even more than Ohio State. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Horn Frogs, 42. Jayhawks, 28. Wow, that would be big. I'm going to see Kansas, Oklahoma next week. I'd love to see that. Lee, let's move on to Utah. I told you, you know, when they lose that first game and they play out of conference and lose it in the swamp, that's fine. That's a big-time opponent, but you've got to run the table if you have a glimmer of a playoff hope. UCLA's quarterback, DTR, right down the road from us at Bishop Gorman. He's developing into a Lamar Jackson type of player. Big spot for Chip Kelly and UCLA. Utah, minus four and a half. Yeah, Utah's really come on since that opening game loss to Florida. Problem here is, even though they played UCLA the last four years, uh, DTR's only played in one of those games. He's got more weapons now. With Zach Charbonneau running back, he's a workhorse. And Jake Bobo from Duke, 6'5 in the red zone, maybe the best weapon right now in college football from the receiving position. Uh, we're calling for the shocker here. Wrong team favored. We're going with UCLA outright, 38-34. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Go to ParamountSports.com. He will be your analyst. He'll take you along the way. Transparent, great friend of mine, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Buffalo minus 14, Pittsburgh. The picket era has begun. Look, this is a tough task, but Tomlin and his teams are usually prepared to play tough defense against great opponents. You know, I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl in back-to-back years here. This is the last time I'm going with them to do it. That's a big number they have to lay there here, Lee. How do you see it? Yeah, and and, uh, they've hit a road bump the last two weeks. They were able to come back from down 17 last week, give them credit. I think the weather was part of the factor. 
they fell behind. But now they get to face Pittsburgh without Watt, with Minka Fitzpatrick, game-time decision. Even if he plays, he's not 100% with a knee injury. And you look at this Buffalo team. I mean, do they have weapons galore? So unless Pittsburgh can put the heat on them and score first, they're in trouble. Hey, I think Kenny Pickett's going to be great. It's just going to take him time. He's going to be going up against the Buffalo front seven with maybe one of the worst two or three offensive lines in the NFL here. How good has Pittsburgh been? Well, they're beating teams and averaging more than 14 points a game and averaging more than 165 yards than their opponent. Pittsburgh averaging less than 107. They're getting outstatted by by their opponents. Uh, It's a two-point line here, a two-touchdown favorite. We say the Bills win by four touchdowns, 38 Oh, wow. Lee Sterling giving you Buffalo to win and cover the drastic 14. Lee, I know you have some action on the game of the week. It's Cincinnati. It's Baltimore. Interdivision rival. Tell us how to get the game. First 10 callers that want to get it, call 800-400-9741. We'll give them the game for free. We're 32-12 and 12 the last four weeks. No one has the record that we do. You want to hop on board? You can get four weeks all of October, not October, through October 31st, just $297, one place, ParamountSports.com. Thank you, Lee. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Good luck. Thanks, JT. I would call him right now. I would call him right now and get that pick for free. He's giving it to you right now, first 10 callers, 800-400-9741. I am honored to talk to Parker. He's the national patient ambassador for the Shriners. He's an athlete. Hey, buddy, thanks for doing this. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. You had a football game last night. You played defensive end. Tell me how you did. Uh, I did okay. Uh, not the best game. Uh, what to improve? I got two tackles. So I want to bring it up, but for it to be our second game, I think we're moving in the right direction. I think you are, too. I want to begin. Tell everybody about the accident and the story behind it. I know you're comfortable talking about it and what happened with the accident and how you connected with Shriners. All right. So one day, me and my mom were just going home from the um, – no, not going home. We were going towards school. It was a Friday, the first Friday of the school year. So as we were going, my mom, me and my mom were just having a conversation, and then she just stopped talking to me mid made sentence that she was in so i knew something was wrong then so i grabbed the wheel and i steered away from the traffic that was coming up we went towards a tree and that's when everything happened so we had to um amputate my right leg below the knee then that's when we went to shriners for my prosthetics and stuff all right, so in the accident, what else happened in that accident? At the time it happened, obviously you're in a lot of pain, the mm-hmm. amputation with your right leg there. What was it like, and who was there to encourage you along the way when you started that journey back to playing sports? Uh, mainly my family and my friends. They had a lot of support for me. A lot of people visited me. So it was nice just to have that feeling that mm-hmm. people were still around for me. So your goal was to play sports again. Yes. And when, when this happened and the severity of this injury, when did you start thinking about this after getting the prosthetic, knowing that you could get back there? I know you play basketball along with football. How old are you? I am 13. You're 13 years old. Yes, Tremendous sir. athlete. Uh, and, and your vision now going forward and what you could tell other kids who go through similar situations, accidents, and are in the situation you're in. Uh, I would just like to tell them, you know, keep, you know, it's never a limit on 
what <clears throat> you can do in the future. It's like every goal that's set, it can always be beat. Every, every, how do I say this? Every odd there is, it can always be like overcome. You can always overcome. You can always beat your best. I love this. Uh, Parker is the national patient ambassador for the Shriners, and I see with your prosthetic right leg, how does that now, when you play football or basketball, how long has it taken you to get used to this? And what do you expect to happen now? Because you're known as a pretty good athlete on all the teams you're playing. Are you a captain or are you a leader with these teams? Yes. So basically it's like when the first few months it was just hard, you know, trying to find my balance and stability. But now after I would say about three years, I've been getting like the – the hang of it I've been able to make sure I'm balanced out and I'm not you know shaky with it mm -hmm. you know it just um over time you progress like the skills that you're lacking in what are you better at football or basketball I will I want to go to the NBA and I feel as if I'm better at basketball but all my friends and all my family will tell you that I'm better at football you have a great life in front of you. What do you want to say about the Shriners Children's Hospital and the impact that they've had on your life? I would like to thank them. You know, I would like to tell them, you know, it's um, it's an honor to have them pick me as the national ambassador. And it's, you know, like it's a one in a million lifetime opportunity. So I would like to give them that thanks for always, you know, supporting me and being there for all like the hardships I've been going through. You are one of the great 13-year-olds I've ever interviewed in my life. You have an unbelievable life in front of you. You are courageous, you're a great athlete, and you're going to help others along the way. I can tell that you have an unbelievable life in front of you. Who's here with you? Who came out to the tournament with you? So my mom came, and then my uncle, my Uncle Vic, came with me Uncle today. Vic's here. Look yes, at he him. Is. He's having a good time there. Uh, you're going to be walking around the golf course and talking to a lot of other people here? Yes. Well, I want to shake your hand again. I will tell you, Parker, you have uh, inspired a lot of people here. Thank and you. I really appreciate you coming on as we do this here. We'll take a picture here. I want to tweet it out to everybody else so they can see what's going on with you and how courageous you are and what a great athlete you are. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you. You got it. There he is, Parker. He's our national patient ambassador for Shriners. When we come back, the tournament director, I'm honored to talk to this kid. This is why I come out here. Hey, go check me out on social media, at JT the Brick, and check out the picture I'm about to take with this young man. And remember what he talked about with adversity? If there is adversity in your life, try to be a Parker. Try to help others and go through life. And he's got a great number of chapters in front of him as we continue one hour down Raider Nation Radio.